Hey yo. Hey yo. <coughs> Woo. What can I say, man? It's another day. Or it's another night. Friday night to be exact. Alright. I know y'all feeling this shit right here, man. He <laughs> just put the horns in one more time on. Yes. Yes. Jersey Judah Red Pill Party Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it is Friday. Speaking of the Lord. Speaking of the Almighty. It is Friday night. It's not Sunday, but it's Friday. And you know what time it is. You know where we're going right now. We're going to church. We're going to church. Yes. We're going to church tonight. Yes, indeed. It is 737 to be exact. I was actually um, unsure, to say the least, about doing this recording or getting a chance to actually record. Uh, similar to yesterday, I was very busy, but I was able to be on top of what I needed to do. So rather than, you know, 630, sometimes even seven when I record this time a little bit later, <clears throat> but still always on time, right? Always on point. So this service that's taking place, uh, tonight's sermon is going to be her fascination. Oh boy, y'all ain't ready for this. Her fascination with sport fucking. Her fascination of sport fucking and who is really benefiting. <clears throat> who really benefits from the sport fuck? What did the sexual revolution do to modern women. We're going to be talking about that tonight. We got a good amount of reading. We went on Wikipedia. We went on a lot of places, a lot of resources, uh, a lot of sites, a lot of articles. And we will also talk about, <coughs> for a lot of you guys out there, seven things to notice when it comes to screening out promiscuous women. So promiscuity is uh, sort of the key word for today. Screening out promiscuous women, right? Uh, seven things to notice from hungerforexcellence.com. That is hungerforexcellence.com. So we're going to go through seven things along with a few other things as well. Hopefully everybody's enjoyed their week. It was a very busy, very productive week for me at the job. But... As usual, I was on top of my game, right? 
Because regardless if I like the job or if I don't, I'm always going to have the attitude of doing my eight and hitting the gate. Um, Tomorrow, a brief reminder, you guys will get an episode from me on the weekend. Uh, For the time being, uh, <coughs> Saturdays, I'm not sure what I'm aiming for with the time. I have to be back at this building at 830. Uh, Set everything up for basketball practice. Once these people start basketball practice, then I can start recording. Um, I may do something brief, although my brief is an hour and 30 minutes, but you guys know how we get down here. Uh, Tonight, same, same vibe, same energy. Hope you guys checked out the episode I did this morning. I did an episode this morning because I wasn't able to record last night. Things got very busy last night. And to be honest, I could have recorded, but it would have felt rushed. And I'd rather get to a point where I'm done over 95% of everything that I need to do. So when I come back in here, I only have to do a few tasks. I'm not sweating the time. I want to be able to relax have a conversation and a discussion, point out a couple topics and, you know, cook these bitches. It's church time. <laughs> it's church time, women. It's church time. Uh, I want to take a quick break. Nothing too big. I think the pastor does want, I think the pastor over here does have something to say. So y'all need to quit talking about other folk and start practicing getting your shit Get your stuff together. <laughs> All right, man, let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's get to the service, man. So I hope everybody's enjoying your week. But we're going to talk about something because it is the weekend. I'm sure a lot of you youngsters out there, out there searching for that booty, I want you guys to be careful. You're dealing with women who are obsessed with being hypersexual. They are obsessed with being promiscuous. They're obsessed with sleeping around, right? And we'll get into all the reasonings along the way, but I'm just creating an outline. Women have exercised this ability to sport fuck their way to the top. Now, not all women are capable of this move. This is a power money move. This is a power money move that the women participate in, but they don't do any real work for this money move. They just give some pussy. You know what I mean? And by their logic, if they give the pussy to the right guy, then they'll be all set. But nine times out of ten, they usually just go around, sport fucking, end up being single mothers, end up being broken, end up being a disgrace. But, as you know, in our society today, we don't look at women in a judgmental fashion. And by by this, I mean... Even if a woman is a hoe, 
even if a woman does sleep around, even though the woman might cheat on her boyfriend, society will always give women a section, a second chance. I was about to say section eight, but damn, second chance, section eight, sound familiar? <laughs> sound familiar? About right. But yo, these women have became professional sport fuckers. And they try to fuck their way to the top. They try to fuck their way into the bag. They try they and I mentioned this before. When a man is getting to the bag, he's on his grind. He's on his purpose. In order for a woman today, a modern woman, to get a bag, they need a body to get the bag. They need the beta male provider or they need the thirsty guy who's just trying to get dick. And by them selling themselves for profit, I mentioned this yesterday with I forgot how many number um, uh, with the low value women. I think it was 16, if I'm not mistaken, 16 uh, signs that a woman is low value. I mentioned that women will sell themselves for profit. Right. They will simply sell themselves for profit. So it's not really about the love or connection that the guy may think the woman thinks, but it's all about the money. It's all about how can I make the most money and do the least. And this is something that women, I guess, stumbled across. You feel me? Women stumbled across this. But there's guys like me, several others, where we stop bullshitting. We, we stop the fuckery. We stop the BS and we stop the lies. We stop the double standards. We point this shit out and we got to cook these women. You know what I mean? <clears throat> of course, this is service. So let me correct myself. Through the power. Right. And through the most high, through the almighty. We have to roast, saute, flame broil these bitches. So, without further ado, her fascination of sport fucking and who it really benefits. Now, the fascination with these women to promote themselves is nothing really new are to sell themselves sexually. It's nothing new. We know the oldest job in the book when it comes to women is prostitution. <coughs> and it's been shown with a lot of studies that women secretly want to embrace the dark side of them and sell themselves and freely have sex. And a lot of these women are starting to speak up. I mean, these also are the same bitches that are complaining about not finding anybody. So you would have to ask these disturbed, dysfunctional bitches, why do they think they're in a predicament that they're in? But sport fucking. And I, I'm going to speak from my experience and from what I've seen. Sport fucking for women start at a very early age. We're talking about 13, 14 years old. For starters. For starters. 
And what it is, it's a combination, right, of the woman is rebelling. So by her giving herself to men, it's a liberating feeling. We're going to get into that very soon. But I'm trying to give y'all like a perspective that paints a picture. So by the time I get done explaining everything, what I say begins to make sense or what I'm saying starts to make sense or it clicks. So what women have is the free love aspect from the 60s. All of these different aspects that I'm going to mention along the way helped mold and shape the modern day women that we have today. The problematic, in a lot of cases, socially awkward, um, very disrespectful women. And the reason why I say sport fucking starts at a young age is for numerous reasons. Like I said, the rebellious side of a woman comes in her teen years. So there's that. There's the social norms, which is really, in a, in, a, in lighter terms, peer pressure. There's pressure, you know, to not be approved and be like this and that. So the women decide to turn all the way up. So they start very young. They start for, sport fucking, like I said, 13, 14 years old. Now, I've addressed this before, and I think it's even more effective at a younger age, where a lot of these older teens getting into their 20s, these women have lost the ability to pair bond years ago through her promiscuity and her sexual activities. Now, I'm not saying this to rule men away from these women in a sexual matter. Absolutely not. <clears throat> what I'm saying is I got sort of what you would call red flags when it comes to women later on, and I'm going to try to get through all this in a good amount of time. Um, I'm just going to be showing you why, how this particular uh, trend started where sport fucking like if sport fucking was a sport, right? Brittany Renner would be like the top right now. She's MVP. From the body count that she partially displayed in one video to numerous other videos that involved its stepdaddy season, etc. She's 29 turning 30 years old. I want you guys to really pay attention to what I'm saying. And I have to salute Donovan Sharp because he made this point as well. She's 29 turning 30 years old. There is no such thing as coincidence when it comes to that. Men know that at age 30, <clears throat> at age 30, for a lot of women, they approach what is called the wall. Now, this is a word that is used a lot. So I like Rolo Tomasi's uh, particular saying when it comes to her epiphany phase. And she looks back at all of the men that she was with, all of the men some men may have promised her this. Some men may have promised her that. And she's gotten nothing in return. And it's only to the fault of the women who choose to live the dysfunctional lives of these promiscuous sport fuckers. All right. So. With the opener and the beginning being said, I want to go over a few things. This is from Wikipedia. I know. I know. But I want to incorporate <clears throat> some articles. 
like I used to do anyway with podcasting. I used to be very hands-on. And I want to get all of the actual things that I want to say here out of the way <clears throat> so we can get back to the fun of things. But I want to make these valid points. So this is the information part of this podcast. So it goes as the following. The sexual revolution, also known as the time of sexual liberation, was a social movement that challenged traditional codes of behavior related to sexuality and interpersonal relationships throughout the United States of America and developed <clears throat> and developed and in the developed world from the 1960s to the 1980s. Sexual liberation included increased acceptance of sex outside of tra traditional heterosexual, uh, man, all of these words, um, monogamous relationships, primarily marriages, uh, the normalization of pornography, premarital sex, homosexuality, masturbation, alternative forms of sexuality, and legalization of abortion all followed. The Industrial Revolution during the 19th century and the growth of science and technology, medicine, healthcare resulted in better contraceptives being manufactured, advanced, advanced in the, in the manufacture, advances in the manufacture, excuse me, and production of rubber, rubber made possible, rubber made possible the design and production of condoms. All right. I'm saying all of this to say the sexual revolution is still taking place, right? The time of sexual liberation has not ended in the 80s. No, it hasn't. It has jump-started into 2021. It has continued with certain acts such as the slut walk, and it's continuing with the behavior of a lot of these sport fucking thoughts. So the free love, for example. And going back to sport fucking. Sport fucking is like a woman who's monkey branching on like the 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 golden bricks, you know what I mean? Of Wizard of Oz. Just golden bricks. She's just going from one guy to the next guy, almost upgrading herself along the way, right? Now, going into sexual revolution, the women were already in that pivotal stage of rebelling and there's a lot of words that i want to point out uh sexual liberation being a social movement that challenged traditional codes of behavior i want y'all to pay attention to that a social movement that challenged traditional codes of behavior related to sexuality and interpersonal relationships throughout the united states now Homosexuality, we're not going to incorporate that. We will incorporate <clears throat> the premarital sex aspect because by the traditional code, that right there is as traditional as it comes or anti-traditional as it comes. 
So most of us aren't necessarily traditional. We have traditional codes, traditional values, and we're going to have to start bringing that back, a.k.a. New Age traditionalism coming soon. But pornography, as I always addressed, becomes... All right, so I'm going to continue reading this second part anyway. All right, the normalization of contraception and the pill. (laughs) Public nudity, pornography, premarital sex, homosexuality, masturbation, alternative forms of sexuality, and the legalization of abortions. Now, this all follows during these pivotal times of the 60s and 80s. Once abortions and contraceptives was, was brought into the picture, women were literally sexually liberated. So a lot of these women were out there freely having sex, having abortions here and there, turning her body, turning her womb into a fucking graveyard. But that is a decision that a lot of women made. Now, guys, the only guys who are parading with these women are either the guys who are smashing, the guys who are getting these women knocked up and leaving, or it's the soy boy uh, beta mons, beta monsters who are holding the picket signs. These guys are out here marching with the women, um, allowing these women to uh, vilify them and make these guys feel that they should be sorry for themselves for being masculine, for being men. This is this is this is not really a a surprise. The outcome now with the industrial revolution, it's it's completely different. But it's also on the same accord because it's this continuation of liberating women, right? I want, let me read this. Uh, advances in chemistry, biology, and human psychology led to the discovery and perfection of the first oral contraceptives. So continuing off, they've created... <clears throat> in a lot of ways, the transformation of the traditional couple or the traditional family or the traditional people into sex-crazed, liberated, but sex-craved bastard baby makers and low-value women. That's all it really did. And although I had sex. I'm not, I don't plan on getting married. I don't believe in marriage. I was at least fortunate enough to not get any bitch pregnant. I was fortunate enough to always wear condoms and I'm at least fortunate for that aspect. But I want to read a couple more things. I think this has a lot to do with what I'm addressing. Uh, All these developments took place alongside and combined with an increase in the world literacy and a decline in religious observation, uh, religious observance, religious observance, excuse me. Old values such as the biblical notion of be fruitful and multiply were cast aside as people continue to feel alienated from the past and adopted the lifestyle of progressive, modernized cultures. All right. So. Back to traditionalism. Religion goes into traditionalism. So once they've exercised the ability to sleep around, the only way to go is anti-God. Or not necessarily like 
devil worship or anything like that, but more of an atheist, um, Gnostic, agnostic sort of way of thinking and living. So from their perspective, there is no God. Therefore, no one can judge them for what they do. So let's have free sex. Let's take drugs and let's burn the fuck out. That's what a lot of these bitches done. And see, you can tell a lot of women who participated that in that shit in the past because of how they are today. Like a lot of these older women who participated in that lifestyle they still have sort of traces of that behavior. You know, they're still sort of really outspoken, wild. They say whatever's on their mind because they've grown up being burnt the fuck out on LSD and fucking wild niggas. That's just the reality. See, now, in a way, we culturalize this where to sleep around is being a thought or to do this is to be that. Back in those days, it was just being. You had pivotal times of uh, the Vietnam War in the 60s. You had a lot of pivotal events. JFK's assassination, MLK's assassination, Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? So people in a lot of ways were were at, they were, they were there, but they were trying to escape. So the free sex hippie movement and even the Panther Party that came a little bit after was the result. But just like the Panther Party, I mentioned this before, the Panther Party, uh, let's just say mysteriously got erased, mysteriously got eradicated. The black women joined alongside the feminist movement <clears throat> joined alongside the government in the long run and now have all of these government perks and programs on the expense of the father not being around for the child and the father not being in the household. And this creates <clears throat> the environment that we're in. And it doesn't matter how you put it. A child who's born, or let's say a female who's born from a single mother household, she is more than likely to be promiscuous. And I'll tell you why. If you simply look into your environment, if you simply look into a lot of the dating that's going on, a lot of these women who are out here trying to find guys are single mothers and they're trying to find stepdaddies. The problem is their children may be to an age where they notice that the only thing they see their mother doing is talking and being around different guys. So these women rationalize this behavior because they are children. They are observing like a sponge all of the behaviors of her mother and other people in her family. Of course, the father's not around and that affects that affects the child, the, the daughter tremendously when it comes to her future relationships with men, because she will use the absence of her father in a way to get back at all of the men who approach her in her life. She will have, she will have a problem listening to a man tell her to do anything because she is so used to listening to her problematic uh, bitch of a, of a mother. And that's just the reality. A lot of bitter, a lot of bitter women today are single mothers. A lot of bitter women today are single mothers. I'm not saying a lot of single mothers are, are bitter. No, I'm gonna say that in reverse. A lot of these bitter females today happen to be single mothers. 
They've given up their best in which, in their opinion, they'll say the worst. The niggas who ain't shit, they've given their bodies to, their womb to, the very essence of their being in production. She has voluntarily given that up to a nigga who ain't shit, right? And this, of course, creates and continues the patterns in the cycle that we're dealing with. So you bitches out there, sport fucking, see me, I'm realistic. I'm sure I came across a couple of hoes in my time, but you know how I treated them? I treated them like hoes because I know the difference. It goes into personality traits. It goes into her behaviors, what she does for a living. Does she do anything for a living? Does she have anything going on in her life? Does she have any friends, any hobbies or activities, right? But at the end of the day, none of that really matters. You see, like, before everything became what it was, there was a couple of things that took place that was, like, a big deal, right? Within culture or within our society. One of those things, ironically, was a Nelly video. That is right. A Nelly video. Country, grammar, Nelly. St. Lunatics, Nelly. St. Louis. Shout out to St. Louis. Shout out to the Louie, for real. But he did a song and a video that was called Tip Drill. And I'm sure a lot of African Americans and Hispanics and other people who are familiar with Nelly know what I'm talking about. And this video was very controversial because Nelly had a credit card and he slid the credit card between two bitches, between a bitch's ass cheeks. This was all of a sudden just outrageous. Like imagine if you guys know your history, Elvis did a song live on television and it was the first time that he did the hip thrust. And it was so crazy because the bitches went crazy and the production didn't know if they can put it on television because they never seen nothing like it before. You feel me? Once women fully sexualize themselves and this goes down to OnlyFans and IG models as well. It's beyond stripping. See, strippers, believe it or not, and this may sound dumb for me to say this, I still think strippers can be presentable people. I believe that strippers can simply take their clothes off for money and keep it straight professional. That doesn't mean that these strippers are future wives by any means. But what I'm saying is they're actually more professional with what they do. An OnlyFans bitch is not professional with what she does. A bitch who calls herself an IG model is not necessarily professional with what she does. Some are, but generally speaking, most of them aren't. These bitches leech off of niggas via Cash App. So all of these women now are about profit. So they'll sport fuck. Like, women don't just sport fuck for the experience. They sport fuck in an ass-backwards sense where they're trying to find a quality guy. So they feel by 
by them putting themselves out there sexually, she's already putting something out there that the guy wants and maybe the guy sticks around. But in all actuality, these bitches are batshit crazy and they have nothing to offer to a guy besides vagina. And for a lot of you thirsty men who just get what you get anyway, you may be satisfied with that. For a lot of guys who are tired of dealing with this shit, I'm about to present to you niggas in a little bit because I'm out to, I want to light this joint back up if I know where the fuck I put it at. Isn't it here? Yeah, it is. When we get back from the intermission, I will talk to you guys about seven things to notice when it comes to screening out promiscuous women. This is from Hunger Force or Hunger, excuse me, HungerForExcellence.com. That is HungerForExcellence.com. Now, this had, I believe, close to 20, if I'm not mistaken, 20 different things. And I might continue off with that topic or I might continue off with this list tomorrow morning if I can remember to put it down, which I might, I might not. Um, we're going to get into these things. Because it's important for men, especially you youngsters out there, like I said, 23 to 27 year old, 21 year olds, guys getting out of college, guys going into the quote unquote real world, all that faggot shit. Excuse my language, but fuck it. I got to I got to talk bluntly. Um, You guys should probably have already. grasped the idea of screening a woman, screen a woman the way that jobs screen possible employees motherfuckers want background checks we want drug tests we don't want a bitch nodding off we don't want a bitch popping pills we don't want bitches drinking lean if it's not green i'm not getting in between but you guys already know um <laughs> you guys should know about screening women you guys should know about promiscuous women i'm sure you've guys dealt with a lot of sluts a lot of thoughts. Some of you guys were fortunate to know ahead of time and make um, proper precaution, excuse me, proper precaution to prevent any problems, consequences, or repercussions. A lot of you guys, including myself, had to find out the hard way, but it's okay. I got y'all tonight. We're going to go through these seven, uh, these seven things. When I get back or when we get back, we're all in this together, people. I just want you guys to know we're all in this shit together. We got through another week, so we got to celebrate that. We got to celebrate that from the jump. You know, we got through another week. Um, I would say unfortunately for me, but I would say not really. Uh, my work week isn't done. My work week will be done tomorrow afternoon to be exact. 12 o'clock, my work week will be done. I decided to grab extra hours at the job because, number one, I don't mind the money. Number two, it's not much of work. I'm running floor equipment. That's pretty much it. That's it. Um, I got to open the door for these people when it comes to basketball practice. I got to put up these signs so these people, these kids don't run around the fucking school. I got to do a lot of things, but it's not actual work. And I'm getting extra money. And since I'm getting paid a lot more, double, more than double what I was making previously, you know, put a little bit more effort, have a little bit more pride in what you do. You feel me? 
And that's what I'm, that's the shit that I'm on right now. What do I want to play? I want to play this uh, instrumental that I made a while back. I called it Stuntman Loop. It's a loop because it's, it's a loop. People that are into music, it's a sound or a group of sound looped. Played over and over again with various variations of bass instrumentals. I mean, bass instruments and, and sound and all that shit. So we're going to play some uh, some uh, vintage uh, instrumentals from myself. Stuntman loop right here. And we'll be right back. Yo, whoo, man, I'm telling y'all, man, it feels good to hear my own shit once again. Um, that was called Stuntman Loop. Like I said, that beat was made probably 2015, a little bit before or a little bit after 2015. Pivotal time musically. I was just trying to put together sort of a, a classic West Coast 
um, sort of G-Funk, um, DJ Quick style when it came to production and sound. And like I said, it was a fun time to make music. It was one of those activities that I talk about a lot, being introverted, didn't need to be around a lot of people, just needed me and my sounds, me and my computer, me and my laptop, me and my equipment, sound, plugins. Um, I wasn't necessarily a huge piano or keyboard fan, but when I got more into making beats, I kind of taught myself piano. And then even along the lines of outside of hip hop, you know, uh, playing the electric guitar, teaching myself how to play bass, whole lot of shit, man. But anyway, we're back. Red Pill Party Podcast. Friday. All right. Thank God it is Friday. It is the 10th and it is December. All right. For me right now, it is currently 8.17 p.m. And we're going to start getting into seven things to notice when it comes to screening out promiscuous women. All right. Seven things. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up this particular article is because it's very similar to the other article that I did yesterday. So for people that's going to say, hey, that sounds like the one article you talked about the day before. Yes, I'm doing this to prove a point. But getting in to the topic, we have number one. She can't stay at home. She's a party girl, which this means she needs excitement. I'm going to read a little bit in this article. If she can't enjoy a quiet night at home, walk away. These kind of girls seem fun and interesting at first, but their lifestyle gets old fast. Plus, there's no telling how many intoxicated guys have taken their shot at her. Absolute truth. In fact, this, if I'm not mistaken, this probably could be the most important one. Because if you're talking about promiscuous, you're talking about a woman who lives the lifestyle. She's a party animal. She may not have the quote unquote traditional idea when it comes to relationships, meaning if she's in a relationship, she's still going to try to fool around on the side. That's how a lot of these women are. And a lot of you guys have to realize that early on and just walk away. Once again, number one. She can't stay at home. She's a party girl. All right. Once again, meaning that she needs excitement. I'm going to read this one more time. If she can't enjoy a quiet night at home, walk away. These kind of girls seem fun and interesting at first, but their lifestyle gets old fast. Plus, there's no telling how many intoxicated men have taken their shot at her. Keep that in mind. Okay. Watch your six, man. All right. Number two, getting right into it. She has too many male friends. <laughs> Where's the soundboard at? Church ministry. We need we need y'all here. We need we need the church here. <laughs> we, we definitely need the church here tonight. Number two. OK, I'm going to say this again. We're going to hope everything is ready with the organs, right? Number two, she has 
too many male friends. So let's read a little bit and then I'll give my perspective on this, which will probably be around the same the same opinion. Uh, she has too many male friends. What does this mean? She's addicted to male attention. Bravo. On point like a period. She's addicted to male attention. Notice I said friends here and not acquaintances. All right. There's nothing wrong with a woman having a conversation with a man. And if you do have a problem with that, you're too possessive. A woman making small talk with her male co-worker isn't cause for concern. Absolutely. I agree. A lot of guys are too possessive, which you hit the nail on the head with that. And with a man's obsessive behavior, it really points out the man's uh, insecurities, correct? But at the same time, a female's attendance to male groups can be a sign that she is addicted to male attention. So even if she finds herself in a relationship that is supposedly serious, she will still have these groups of friends being guys. It's always a red flag. And I don't know. I think because women have chosen the path that they've chosen, they still want to have their cake and eat it too. So they want to be one of the guys and still sleep with guys. It's like transsexual energy. It's like these women just want to be gay in a lot of ways, in the sense that they want to be guys, but they're still interested in guys. So all of these dysfunctional hoes follow people like simp ass Steve Harvey telling you to think like a man, a woman, a woman can never think like a man. A woman probably has a little idea of what a man truly is, what a quote unquote real man truly is, because these women never had real men teach them shit because these real these so-called women never had real fathers in the fucking household. But, yo, straight up. I don't even really have to elaborate any more on this, but what I will say is. When you're dealing with chicks that you're trying to talk to, if you're dealing with chicks that you're trying to sleep with, a woman having a lot of male friends can seem bad, but it, it can also be very insightful. Especially if you become close with a couple of guy friends of hers, you get to learn a little bit more about her along the way. Some of them guys, some of the guys she hangs out with don't really give a shit about her. They just kind of tolerate her. So if she's sleeping around or if she's a little thought, a lot of these male friends that she has can put you on game early and prevent you from making any uh, lifelong level decisions that are detrimental. You feel me? So brief week recap, excuse me, a brief recap going into she stays at home or she can't stay at home. She's a party girl, and also she has too many male friends, all right? Going into number three. Now, number three, I want to give a disclaimer. Number one, 
I'm not necessarily 100% against this, and I'm not 100% for this. This is what you would call a yellow flag at best. Cautionary, something you should notice, something that you should keep in mind as any interaction or relationship goes forward, but just always be aware. So number three, she has tattoos or piercings on in on internal body parts, okay? What does it mean? She's impulsive, okay? By the standards of this article, it means that she is impulsive. Now I'm going to read. I've never been a fan of tattoos, so I wouldn't look for a significant other who has any. So this is a pretty straightforward um, opinion, more or less. Uh, but this red flag, he believes it's a red flag, is more about the positioning of the one she has. Okay, let's break this down. Tattoos to me aren't bad. I can't be a person who has tattoos and say that a woman shouldn't have tattoos. That's just my personal opinion. That being said, I don't want a bitch with a sleeve tattoo and all this other flowers and gun tattoos and shit. Like, that doesn't necessarily turn me on. But, like I said, it's not something that I would automatically disqualify a woman for. Piercings, on the other hand, yeah, I would probably disqualify that. Um, on the terms of it being a red flag, from his perspective or whoever, I'm a, I'm going to assume it's a guy who did this article. Um, because he's not a fan of tattoos, he's going to disqualify tattoos. Because I have tattoos and I'm not necessarily disqualifying women from having tattoos. I consider it a yellow flag. But to each his own. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to go through the article. And like I said, for the most part, the shit that I'm bringing out here is connected to or in a lot of ways just worded differently from what I talked about in the last article. But we're going to continue to move forward. Number four. She is a moderate to heavy drinker. Remember the drunk thought? Remember that I brought that up? <clears throat> Remember I brought that up? The drunk thought, the different type of thoughts. <clears throat> I think it was six type of thoughts. Right? Number four. <clears throat> Once again, she's a moderate to heavy drinker, a.k.a. she does recreational drugs. And she also does recreational drugs. I shouldn't say a.k.a. Apologies. What does it mean? She allows unnecessary temptation. Wow. That's deep. So... For being, she's a moderate to heavy drinker and also does recreational drugs, breaking it down to she allows unnecessary temptation. And let's read. Contrary, contrary to popular belief, human beings are not inherently good. And when given the choice, we will always be inclined to do what's morally bad. Many times our conscious thought overdrives this inclination, this inclination, sorry. But whenever alcohol or drugs are involved, that inhibit, that inhibitation, excuse me, goes out of the window. So in other words, try to break this down in um, niggerish tone when it comes to English. Drugs is, it's, drugs is just a, to me, drugs is too vague of a word to say, right? 
because people are prescribed drugs. And the drugs that certain people are prescribed will kill them a lot faster than just a joint or a cigarette would, or especially cigarettes long term. That being said, a woman who depends on drugs in order to get what she wants, she's on a route to prostitution. A woman, let me just say that again for the church, because I think a lot of y'all niggas need to wake the fuck up. I really do. I think a lot of y'all niggas need to wake the fuck up. So when a woman has a dependency on a narcotic or on a chemical, she loses connection to any and everything around her, heightening her dependency of that chemical, putting herself out there on the streets, putting herself in dangerous situations to get that chemical in her body. And if this woman is attractive, well, if she's attractive, well, she'll have more opportunity to get what she wants. She just knows that she has to give something up in return. And a lot of these women in desperate situations, and we're we're just talking about drugs. We're not even talking about the quote unquote party girl because that connects to number one. She goes out partying. She has a few drinks. Next thing you know. She's damn near passed the fuck out. Luckily, she has her friends with her, but she's like, I don't need y'all. Fuck y'all. Belligerent, loud, drunk, problematic. And then her friends leave her like, fuck this bitch. We out of here. Then she just stumbles across a guy. Guy's just trying to get a nut off. So he's like, fuck it. Takes her back to his house or worst. Worst, he takes her to his house. Now, if he goes to her house It's just as bad, but she had to be sober enough to put the key in and let the man in the house. He goes over, fucks, smash. The next day, she pretends that she doesn't know what happened. Or maybe she was blacked out drunk. She didn't know what happened, but she didn't remember hooking up with this guy. Consensual. And all of a sudden, this guy guy is pretty much on trial for his fucking life and reputation. See, that's how loose women party animals and alcoholic bitches that's the main those are the main women that you want to steer clear from young men when you go to these bars and you start you know communicating with women pay attention to what they're drinking how much they're drinking if they're drinking too much when they're starting to slur their words my best advice to you sir is walk away it's not worth the hassle it's not worth the hassle Not even a little bit. All right. So we got into number four. All righty. We're going to get into number five. And number five is just as important as anything that I've mentioned so far. And number five being she's a man hater. Wow. Well, what do you know? She's a man hater slash she tests you to see if you're man enough, a.k.a. shit test. I'm sure a lot of red pill people who are a part of the red pill, the people who are aware of the manosphere, you guys have uh, heard multiple discussions and conversations and topics involving the shit test. And that's what these type of women do. See, they hate women. I mean, they hate men because they're not men. They hate men, but there's penis envy for a reason. This is why, if you notice, like... (laughs) 
this is something I wanted to mention. With lesbians, they need a fallacy. You understand? They can't just rub carpet all day. They can't just burn rugs, if you guys catch my drift. If you guys, you know, understand what I'm trying to say here. But they need the fallacy. They need the penis to pleasure them. So they get these crazy size, 12 inches. Like, these bitches be damaging their insides. No wonder why when most men mention throwing a hot dog down an empty hallway, these bitches got 12 inches, 14 inch vibrators. They, they sitting on fucking stretching themselves out to the maximum. Like, I don't know if women realize this or not, but your sexual experience or your sexual experiences mean a lot to men, but in a very low fashion. Meaning if you are sexually experienced and you brag about sucking dick and doing all this crazy shit, a lot of guys aren't really going to be interested in you because we're smart enough to realize that if you're freaky like this with me, then you're freaky like this to a lot more. It is what it is. But we're going to read what this says, being number five. She's a man hitter slash she tests you to see if you're man enough. What it means, she lacks healthy relationships with the man in her life. Excuse me. She lacks healthy relationships with the men in her life. All right. Also, and I've mentioned this several times and I will continue. I will continuously use this. A woman who has this type of behaviors not only lacks healthy relationships with men in her life, but of course, she lacks a healthy relationship with the father in her life. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I think I have a little bit to read here. Uh, if I can go back to where this is at. <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't know why I didn't. But whatever. Number six. This is going through quicker than I thought, but it is what it is. We're still going to chop it up. We're going to chop it up like lumberjacks when we're done with all this anyway. But when it comes down to it, the man-hater belief or the shit test, it's two sides of the coin. So a lot of these women have unhealthy relationships with men, so they're going to continuously have unhealthy relationships with men. The only thing that they can be fortunate to have is a guy who is willing to possibly tolerate her bullshit and try to give her some insight and some guidance. If these women don't accept it, then they'll continuously be miserable. Uh, they'll continuously, excuse me, be miserable. And as Kevin Samuel say, buy a dog and die alone. That's what it breaks down to. See, men, see, we're built for this shit. I don't know about y'all, but I'm built for this type of shit. See, because I can disconnect from women for months, even as, even as long as a year, to focus on things that, will better myself. I don't spend my time not talking or dealing with women and complaining about women being this and that. But what I'm saying is I'm pointing out the possible promiscuous activities and behaviors a lot of women, because once again, for the youngins out there, 23 to 27 coming up, you guys may need to pay attention to this more so now than ever. But with all that being said, 
we got number six. All right. Number six. Did I did I put this correctly? Number four. Number five. Yeah. Number six. She's comfortable and revealing clothing. She's comfortable and revealing clothing. Slash, she is insensitive to male touch. What does this mean? She's used to it. And let me read. Do you really think she dresses that way for you? Do you honestly believe it's normal for guys to hug and hold her like it's no big deal? She's used to it. And even if she isn't promiscuous now, it won't take much effort for her to get that way. So women pretty much... Body language is, in my opinion, seen in more ways than one. Body language can also appeal with women and what they wear. And with what they wear, it almost is an expression of how they feel or what type of person they are. If you see a lot of attractive women who have um, professional, more business-like um, clothing, you will look at her as sophisticated. It is natural. And that token, if you look at a bitch who has nearly nothing on, then you look at her as kind of what she promotes herself as, which is a sex object. Most women believe that promoting themselves as sex objects is actually going to benefit them. It's like how I addressed it earlier. The whole roster is real. All right. The whole roster is very real. She has her past lovers. Right. Her past fuck buddies. She has beta male orbiters, a.k.a. the shoulder to cry on, the emotional tampon, the big brother, the chauffeur, um, the dinner date guy, the guy who's always taking her out on dates. She has work husbands, if I if I can remember properly this list that I went through previously previously this week, I think. She has all of these things. So when she becomes more open to being around different men and being around men in general, she dresses in that way. You never see a sophisticated slut. Oh my god. You never see a sophisticated slut. You never see it. You'll never see it. Sluts are incapable of being sophisticated. Sluts are incapable of being presentable because they've already given a part of themselves up to anybody. So the way that they carry themselves and how they reveal certain clothings or having revealing clothing means nothing to them. They're used to being looked at a certain way. They're used to being treated a certain way. And some women are okay with being treated as sluts, being treated as um, desirable women sexually because they see that as the end-all, be-all. But like I said, 10, 15 years down the line, they haven't grasped any of the information. They don't know about New Age traditionalism. They don't know about us red pill wear men thinking more for ourselves, doing more for ourselves, bettering ourselves. And in return, bettering the other men around us because a lot of these women are too selfish. You see, if you think about it, 
a woman who has beta male orbiters, that should already express how selfish she is because she will give her attention equally to all of those guys without really putting anything to the table. Just by her being there for a lot of these guys, it's enough. So they're willing to tolerate and go back and forth with these type of women. Excuse me, these type of bitches. Anyway, we are close to the end. We are at number seven, right? And number seven is she believes that things just happen. She follows her heart. She's in love with love and relationships. Oh, my God. She's in love with love and relationships, meaning she's in love with the activity. She's in love with the title. She's in love with the attention. She's in love with love and relationships, but barely in love or really have any interest for the guys that she's usually with. And you may be saying to yourself, well, how, how do you know that? Well, simple. Hypergamy is hypergamy for a reason. And although hypergamy in a lot of ways is natural and the instincts of maybe wanting to find something better along the way of what you have, very, well, I will say more than what was the women that participate in it today do so. How do they do this without it not necessarily being cheating? They can have online dating apps. I've seen videos on YouTube, a lot of compilation videos that I usually respond to, where a lot of these women will be sitting at a date with a guy on their phone swiping left and right on Tinder. So you have to really pay attention, guys, and you have to really be on point because these women who talk about love and they talk about relationships, they only talk about the idea of it. They don't actually talk about their relationships. And if you notice, women get very, very hostile when you ask them about their past relationships. And that should probably give you a sign. But as I stated before, women are absolutely selfish because a woman, a woman will have a roster of guys and she doesn't even fuck two of those guys. She just keeps other guys around because she knows that they're interested in her and they'll give her enough attention for her to deal with and situate where she's going next. But these orbiters always stay with her. This is how selfish a lot of women are today. So with number seven being in love with love and relationships, it means that she lacks emotional control. She lacks emotional control. And let's read a little bit here. These girls are tricky from inexperienced guys. So let me explain. It feels great at first to be the focus of a girl's undying love and the highs of having a beautiful woman by you. But I didn't I didn't get a chance to finish this off, but I'm going to I'm going to elaborate. I'm going to put my little two cents in. When a woman and you can tell women are in love with love what I just said. If she's not willing to talk about her previous relationships and if it becomes so dramatic to her, then she shouldn't be in another relationship. Or at the very least, you guys should be talking on a level that is based off of just chemistry and attraction. 
like a level of chemistry and attraction that can lead to bedroom fun, but it can also lead to something else, right? And the way you know if a woman's really interested in you, simple. Y'all go out to eat. You tell her that you expect her to not go on her phone during the meal. You know what I'm saying? And you want to see and monitor how she reacts to that. If she gets, if she blows up and says, yeah, you ain't going to, that's when you walk away. Because a lot of a lot of women aren't used to giving attention, direct attention to one guy because they're so used to giving up their vagina and giving up the only thing that they really have to offer to any man available, which is why a lot of these women become single mothers later on. Because even those guys that get the woman pregnant, they realize that, damn, I shouldn't have done this. I don't want nothing to do with this chick. Fuck it. I'll pay child support. You know what I'm saying? It's better for you guys to know about what's going on now than be tied up in the situations that I'm talking about later on. So this is the reason why I do these podcasts. You feel me? So she believes in her mind that she loves you. And I'm sure a lot of you guys heard that from women before. A woman will tell you that she has undying love for you no matter what no matter what happens between y'all she will always love you she will always be there for you and she will without a doubt be that person for you i've had a lot of women say that i'm their soulmate they've used that trick the soulmate trick is something that's used and mostly beta males fall for it. If a guy is quote unquote alpha, he looks at love entirely different. A sigma male are pretty much alpha slash sigmas look at love in the terms of respect. A woman who respects a man is a woman who can love a man. A woman who has no respect for a man is a woman who just thinks and loves and has emotions for the moment. She loves you one minute. And then the next minute you say something wrong or you guys blow up, have an argument, and then she's out the door the next day. Because she's in love with love. She's not in love with you. She can get what she has with you with the next guy. That's a harsh reality to know, guys, right? The fact that you are good enough for her right now, you may be good enough for her five years down the line. But that doesn't mean she doesn't think of the possibility of whatever else is out there. So the idea that you may think women have towards you when it comes to love, it is usually something that is temporary or conditional when it comes to long term. Straight facts, straight up, raw, real deal, red pill, man. We chopping it up like we usually do. You know what I mean? I wanted to come with an educational video. I wanted to come or educational episode, excuse me. Hopefully I can get this laptop soon so I can actually do videos. So I can say we're back with another video because I'm too used to being in front of a camera. So when I talk on here, I pretend that there's a camera on me and I say that we're back with a video or I may say something with a clip, some stupid shit. I apologize. It's been a long week, man. It's been a very intense work-related long week, but a work week nonetheless. Everything is on the up and up. Team Green Tea, by the way. 
I'm going to try to drink the rest of this green tea while I have the time. We are um, close to an hour and 13 minutes in, which is reasonable. Oh, man, that is really good. So what I did earlier today, because I was kind of in a hurry to go to work, I was at the crib. I think I explained this in the last episode this morning. I was in the crib playing uh, Halo and shit. Well, I was playing a lot of games. I was playing Halo first. Then I played Max Payne 3 because I got the... uh, the Xbox 360 cut for the Xbox One. So it actually plays and moves a lot better. A lot more frames per second. And uh, I've been playing Bulletstorm and shit. So I've been going back and forth with these fucking video games. Because when I get a chance to really kick back and relax, I'm either making beats. I'm making beats here and there. Like the, the I'm using a Chromebook for fuck's sake. And I use this program that a lot of... Uh, you know, small timers like myself, producer wise, use called Fruity Loops, which is usually for, you know, Windows PC. But I was able to get a mobile version from Google Play Store and I had it and I have it currently on my Chromebook. So I've made beats a little bit off of that. But I'm so used to the PC, you know, the capabilities of plugins and having different sounds and, you know, different instruments to use. But eventually, all of this will change. Next Wednesday, I think, is when I'll be able to have some money in my pocket, which I'll have to make several moves. A total of, fuck, 600, 750, over $750 I have to put aside for, uh, obligations and bills and shit like that, you know, typical shit. I hope a lot of you guys are staying up on your bills, by the way. But even after that, I'll have a good amount. I'll have a good amount of bread left to be able to go shopping for myself when it comes to the laptop. So I'm hoping to have everything situated by next Friday where I can sit back, have my laptop, I got these fucking hours that I got to deal with tomorrow. So even when I come home tonight, around 1030, I'm still faced with the fact that at 8 o'clock the next morning, or technically 745, I have to be up and be over here by 830 to unlock this building and do a couple of small tasks. Uh, Today, work-related-wise, I was doing a lot of... um, I was doing work that involved changing um, HVAC filters. This building that I'm in is an old building that was from like the 80s. So there's a lot of old, there's like old air conditioner units that I have to change the filters off of. In which I just walk around with a fucking Allen key. And I have to put the date on the filters that I put in. And a lot of these filters are old from April of this year. So a lot of them were dirty and dusty. And I had to collect all of these, throw them out, clean the inside of the vents of these old air conditioners, put in the new filters, close that up. And I did like fucking nine rooms. No, did I do? No, I did four rooms. No, five. 
or more. I had to do like five, I think five. And then like when I come in tomorrow, I have to put in three more filters. So that's pretty much my day, essentially, besides the basic tasks that I usually do here. So I'm always like, I'm usually burnt out by the end of the day. Like right now, I'm pretty burnt out. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I was supposed to get into that energy when it come to the church, but I wanted to really address the topics that I had and a lot of the information that I had saved on my phone. Um, and plus, a lot of this was just impromptu where like today, for example, um, it was about 4.30, 4.45. I said, all right, I'll go to my car and smoke a cigarette. I was listening to either Kevin Samuels, Minister Jap, or uh, Jada Black. And they said something. I think it was Jada Black. Shout out to Jada Black, by the way. Uh, J-J-A-Y-E, Day, D-E, Black. Check him out. You know, YouTube, you know the shits. It's all love over here. But he mentioned something that kind of struck a nerve, where he was talking about women and how they can choose one minute to be completely promiscuous, but then in the other minute choose to act innocent and act as if they don't get involved in anything. And I think from that, being in my car, I was in my car from about 4.45 to probably 5.15, looking up an article involving promiscuity. Because technically, I had another topic I got to see if it's in here. I had another topic that I might just go through and I'll save for tomorrow morning. And that topic being, uh, yeah, too many red pills are too many spectators. Too many red pills are too many spectators. And that's going to be an interesting uh, topic that we're going to speak on tomorrow morning. I think that will be good enough to really kick off the morning. Now, because tomorrow morning I'm going to be doing this kind of early. Well, not really. I think earlier this morning, I started at like 9 o'clock, 9.30, and I ended around 11.15. That's kind of what I'm aiming for tomorrow because I still got to get here before 8.30, unlock the door. I have this machine that I'm actually trying to end this podcast for right now so I can run through the floors of this building, make sure everything is, you know, decent for tomorrow. So I have to do less work because I think tomorrow morning, um, 9.30 at the max is when I'm going to start recording. And I want to do something lengthy, but I don't want to do something too long. I feel that with, depending on my energy and how I feel, literally my spirit, literally, and I'm not being facetious. I know a lot of people, yeah, I use the, the church thing as a joke. And I think it's funny, and I think niggas like Minister Jap, the way that he does it is fucking hilarious. So I mimic that in a lot of ways, but I also give credit where credit is due. But I am a spiritual man. I'm not a religious man. But I feel that when I record sometimes, my spirit isn't where it should be. You feel me? So a lot of times, like like last night, I was in the process of recording the uh, broken the broke and broken baller bitches episode, but 
I realized that during this time, there was a lot of things going on into the building that I needed to attend to. So I didn't want to just slack on one end to try to do something on the other. So even when it comes to the job and podcasting, it's very easy for me to separate both. You know what I mean? And I feel along the way, if I record at night, I have more things to talk about because I'm listening and I'm just taking crimson capsules left and right. Shout out to Coach Greg Adams, another great content creator that I frequently listen to. Matter of fact, I haven't listened to him in a minute. I've been going back and forth, and I always want the people to know the type of content creators that I listen to and the people who've influenced me and inspired me to do what I'm doing now. I'm like on this kick right now where it's Minister Jap. And at this point now, I have to probably join the Patreon for Minister Jap because he has a lot of good videos and a lot of good information. He's very entertaining and he's funny as shit. And he always comes with a message. You know what I mean? So I've been stuck off Minister Jap for like two weeks. Other than that, it's like Kevin Samuels Entertainment. When it comes to information or when it comes to a little insight beyond, I go to Rolo Tomasi, Donovan Sharp. When it comes to strictly information and strictly articles, I deal with um, Better Bachelor, a.k.a. Joker, Better Bachelor on YouTube. And I keep these people on repeat. Like when I go to work, I constantly and frequently keep these people on on my playlist or I'm constantly checking out their live videos. You know what I'm saying? The reason being is I have to constantly remind myself on the route that I'm going. Previously, I was easily distracted. One bitch goes along, gives a nigga some attention and I'm barking like a dog. I'm not going to lie. I was a hound. Okay. I was a simp hound. A simp hound. All right. But I realized the more I got away from the task that I needed to do and the more distracted that I get, the less accomplished I become. So I had to focus primarily on a task of bettering myself. Once I was able to find that way or to get into that groove. I was really able to capitalize and make the best of what I had. Even before when I wasn't making the money that I'm making now, I was still able to appreciate that I had something and that I felt that if I continued to push forward and if I continued to continue my pursuit of finding more money, finding better opportunity, that I would be good. For me, it happened a lot more or it happened quicker because I didn't deal with too many women or I didn't deal with any women. Even now, I'm pretty much a monk at this point. I've been out of a relationship for over six years. I don't have a desire. It's not that I don't have a desire for relationships. It's just I don't have the desire for the hunt. I feel drained in a lot of ways when it comes to pursuing women in relationships. For me at this stage of my life, because I have, ironically, so much good going on that I don't want to incorporate women. And I know that sounds fucked up, but 
I'm being realistic because women wonder why when a guy finally decides to focus on himself, he excludes a lot of women. These guys who do this are guys who are in my situation. These are guys who are years out of a relationship. They don't necessarily have the desire, but it's a thought. And for a lot of us, it can be depressing. The idea that we may have friends and family who are married and maybe they were able to find um, someone out there within all of the toxic BS. But a lot of us aren't as fortunate. But at the same time, I think that's something that actually works for us rather than against us because it makes us more passionate in the things that we love to do. And it gives us more ambition to the things that we may have not been able to attend to or uh, hobbies or passions that we may have not been able to uh, incorporate or experience. And I think it builds a more strong minded man. Like I said before, there's nothing worse than a guy with stature, a guy who is built, but have a weak mind. A weak minded man is a mental midget. You don't want to be a mental midget. You can be Goliath when it comes to build and when it comes to body, but you can have a Peabody mindset, a weak-minded mindset, a mindset that is easily manipulated by women, a mindset that is easily toyed with by women. But I think currently 901, it is time to wrap this motherfucker up. Get ready to go in here, finish the rest of my eight and hit the gate. Although I have an hour and 15 minutes remaining, I have just about 30 minutes of work remaining that I can stretch for 45 minutes. Chill out, relax, have this uploaded for you guys. And you guys already know the saying, doing another eight and hitting the gate, man. In the meantime and in between time, it's another day. And as I always like to say, this is... Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast, getting ready to wrap things up, man. Another productive day, another informative, not as entertaining as the other podcasts. I must apologize, but I think I'll make up for that the following morning. So hopefully you guys tune into the next episode. I'm sure you guys, I will have that episode for tomorrow uploaded within the hour that I'm done. And this will be the same case because I have to charge my phone anyway. So it would make more sense that I'll do so while uploading this episode. But you know what I like. You know what I mean? Going in here. Easy. Quick money. Come back the next day. Do the same. Little bit more change. And yeah. I'm out, man. I'm fucking exhausted. I am tired. So I will wrap this up. I will let Trump say what he has to say. We will let the audience play. And it will be the end of another day. So where is Donald Trump? Trump? Where are you? Trump. Oh, here you go. We're out. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? Okay.